I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's December 11th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. If you have not subscribed on Rumble or Locals, what are you doing, people? Rumble.com slash Rubin Report. I hope you're watching there right now. And if you want to join us for a postgame, as always, RubinReport.Locals.com. Uh, we had the big Rubin Report holiday party here on Saturday night. And I have to say, uh, I was a bit banged up yesterday, but I am back in action right now. I am hydrated and ready to roll, and uh, let's just dive right into it. I want to do something a bit philosophical on the show today because we're seeing our institutions collapse. We're going to talk a little bit more about that Harvard, MIT, UPenn congressional hearing from last week uh, and some of the other things that are happening culturally at the moment but I actually see a bit of a white pill. I see some, some winds coming our way, and I wanna jump off today uh, with a clip. It's about a year old, but it was making the rounds yesterday on Twitter. There is an actress, her name is Bella Thorne. You may not know of Bella Thorne. It doesn't really matter who she is. I'm not making this specifically about her, but she is an actress. She's done some kids stuff over the years. She was on a Disney show, am I right? She was on a, a Disney show, and <laughs> what's better than a Disney program for the young people? Uh, but she was on Bill Maher's podcast about a year ago. Uh, there was a trans joke being made by Bill and her reaction. And I think it's indicative of sort of the snowflake generation that we've been talking about for years now that somehow over the last couple of days, we've gone from generation snowflake, trigger warnings, uh, all of that nonsense, microaggressions, and now it's like, oh, but you know, calling for genocide of people is okay. But these things, these are not coincidental. They are deeply connected because of that intersectional period, uh, pyramid that uh, you all know about. So today we will have an exploration into how the woke have perpetuated anti-white and anti-Jew hatred across America and how it is totally baked into the system right now, except maybe a new system is being born. That is the plan. Let's see if we can accomplish it. First off, a video from Bill Maher's Club Random podcast. This is actress Bella Thorne. Uh, having a bit of a meltdown over a uh, joke by Mr. Marr. There's a lot of trans, you know, I always see that in the paper about somebody who has switched their sex, which I'm all, if that's what makes you, yes. that's that what blows your dress Bad up? Bad bitches all the way, who? yes. Bad bitches. Fat bitches? Why bad we... bitches. Oh, bad bitches. Bad bitches. Be who you are. Yes, claps. Right. Claps. Makes me happy. I mean, I think there's some uh, money to be made in some sort of exchange with everyone switching where, like, you know, if you need a penis, take a penis. If you have a penis, give a penis. You know, like, if people are becoming, like, men to women, they're going to cut off their penis. And then there are women transitioning who are going to need a penis. Uh, I feel like if there was some exchange, uh, maybe Bitcoin could be involved and you could, you know, no? I just don't like joking about. Oh, Bella. Um, I know oh, that you Bella. like to, but I oh, you see, this I don't is where think the it's anxiety. funny. Oh, for f that is where your you don't have to be I, sorry, I, but I I'm not sorry either. And that is where your anxiety comes from. There is nothing wrong with joking, nothing wrong about that. It's not everybody is that sensitive, not everybody needs to be that sensitive. Even the people who are doing that, I don't think would need to be offended by that. Everybody is so easily offended. You kids, you wake up offended.
All right, so first off, I wanna make it clear, I'm not offended by any of this and I'm not outraged by any of this, nor, nor showing it to you so that you get outraged, right? I'm not trying to play into the system here, uh, but it's gonna set us up for where we're going today. Now, the, the joke in and of itself is actually kind of funny, right? Like there's this set of people that wanna chop off their genitals and there's another set of people that wanna chop off their genitals and they wanna swap those genitals. It's kind of funny, right? Like there's something there, you may not have laughed out loud, but there's something there. Uh, also, there is something actually kind of funny of sort of like what the end of liberalism would be, would be two Hollywood celebrities drunk and stoned talking about chopping off genitals, right? Like there's something there. She also says something that I think is kind of interesting, just like be who you are. Just as if, well, if you wanted to be who you are, you'd be like, well, look at that. Uh, that's what I am, right? So it's not be who you are. What she's saying is, oh, you have some thought in your head. Let's have, you know, surgeries, pump ourselves full with drugs and everything else. But but I want to show you one little piece of, uh, further from this because then, so she's not happy with the joke, right? And again, we've been told jokes are dangerous and all of this stuff, uh, but it continued where it got a little more uh, emotional for Bella. I don't know if you're really offended or you're just worried that you're going to look offended. No, I'm 100% offended. Like when, when I think about, you know, someone's trauma and someone, the videos that I have seen that are so, like, so bad. And but you can... when people have to worry about walking on the street, just being themselves, like, that's anxiety. That's why I don't like to, like, joke about it because, you know, someone hears it and on a public platform is so bad because you're, like, kind of you low-key spreading, like, this, like, oh, ha, 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 And it's, like, it's, it's uh. not funny. Okay, again. I am not, may I never mention Bella, whatever her name's name is on the show again. This is not to destroy her or anything else. I'm just trying to show you a little pin that, that what she represents there, this, this thing about being upset over jokes and how everyone is so fragile and microaggressions and trigger warnings and all of these things. And she's seen videos of people afraid to walk down the street. Like what, like really where, where? We, we get a lot of hoax. Uh, you know, hate crimes, things like that. But like there are trans people, I suppose, or people, men dressed up as women or women dressed up as men that are walking down the street right now. Maybe even in your neighborhood, if you live in a blue city, it's most likely. But they're walking down the street and they're not getting attacked. We get the numbers on the amount of trans people that were attacked on the street for being trans yesterday. That's gonna be a deep dive. He's gonna work on that. But this thing, she's very emotional about it. And it goes to show how fragile, and I would say at some level, almost almost clinically, I don't know that I can give, I can fully say clinically, not a clinician, but clinically insane, the woke left has become over comedy because it is a subject, they have created a certain set of subjects and a certain set of people you cannot joke about. And then when something actually has an opportunity to, to when you have an opportunity to, to say something truth and make, say something true and make a joke about that, they are completely incapable, and I'm going to prove that by showing a clip of Saturday Night Live from this past Saturday, and oh, if you laugh, I can't have you watching this show anymore. But before we do that, let me talk to you guys about Patriot Supply. You can't handle the truth. The truth is, the clowns running this joint live for chaos. Many of our problems could be solved overnight, but they let them be. Destruction fuels them. 
If you can handle that truth, you need to visit my website, preparewithruben.com. You'll get $60 off a much needed four week emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness company. My Patriot Supply is your fighting chance at survival. Sealed inside a rugged package, these delicious meals last up to 25 years and provide over 2,000 calories a day. Eat right in emergencies with this four week food kit from My Patriot Supply. At this low price, you can get one for everyone in your family. Visit preparewithruben.com. Order by 3 p.m. for free same-day shipping. Preparewithruben.com. Preparewithruben.com before total chaos ensues. Uh-oh. And now back to me. Okay, so I set you up there with a, a video that's making the rounds right now, but I'm telling you, it's not, it's not something you gotta get your panties all wrapped up in. If you're a dude wearing panties right now, you shouldn't get all freaked out about that. It was to, it was to illustrate this thing that has happened throughout society when you wonder why kids are so confused about everything, whether it's gender or whether it's supporting terrorist organizations. It's like that thing that Bella emoted there, that's a thing that has been culturally pushed into children. So now I want to show you a clip from Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live used to be a funny program a long, long time ago. It is not anymore. Comedy, the whole point of comedy, is to say something true and make you laugh because then you start thinking, right? And the beauty of comedy is that if we are all in on the joke together, if we can all make fun of each other and be part of that thing, then that's the healing process, right? But it has to be true. And wokeness has killed comedy because wokeness is an ideology. And when you push ideology into comedy, you will get everything wrong. So now you remember the congressional hearing last week uh, when Representative Elise Stefanik was, uh, I would say, I was gonna say railing those three chicks, but that was a different hearing, sorry, uh, when she was uh, nailing well, that also could work in that context. <laughs> she, look, she was talking to a bunch of college professors, uh, college presidents, and asking them, are their universities allowing for the calls of genocide at their universities? And do, is that congruent with their bullying and harassment policies, right? That's separate from the First Amendment. Schools have a pamphlet. You get to a school. They say, these are the rules of the school. Those are often separate than free speech in terms of the government and the First Amendment. Anyway, here is Saturday Night Live trying to make fun of that hearing. And I can tell you, I'm just gonna lead you. They got this completely backwards. Go. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now, I'm gonna start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes, or no, is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. <laughs> the second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're gonna make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? <laughs> Am I winning this hearing? <laughs> Somebody pinch me. <laughs> Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, thank God. The chair, the chair recognizes gentlemen from Michigan. Thank you. I yield my time back to Ms. Stefanik. <laughs> 
am here today because hate speech has no place on college campuses. Hate speech belongs in Congress, on Elon Musk's Twitter, in private dinners with my donors, and in public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump. Man, they are, they are truly the death of comedy. I don't know how many writers SNL has. They probably have 30, I would say somewhere, it's probably between 30 and 50 writers on top of those comedians or actors, whatever they are. Um, everything they did there was the reverse of truth. It was the reverse of what we all saw at that hearing. Um, did Elise Stefanik scream questions like that? Well, we've actually got video of Elise Stefanik asking those very questions to those very ladies. You might remember this, but let's kind of clean this up for you. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment, yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. There's just so much there that no matter how many times I watch it, it's just incredible. I mean, this idea that if it becomes action in essence, yes. So, oh, if you've committed the genocide, we might have a problem with our bullying and harassment code of conduct. We'll have to look into that. Uh, the way she's smiling the entire time, which they didn't do on SNL. Uh, of course, SNL also made it seem like Elise Stefanik was totally hysterical and making it about her and screaming and acting childish. As you see, none of that was true. So they kill truth with bad comedy. Good comedy actually uh, instills truth. Bad comedy actually destroys it. But the reason I'm showing you this is because I want you to see the woke, the left, whatever you want to call them at this point, their inverted moral compass. Trans jokes are bad, jokes about black people or Latino people are bad, but if you can make fun of those pesky Jews or white people, you're gonna be promoted and given money and given jobs and everything else. Just for context, try to think, if there had been a bunch of kids, white kids, let's do white Christian kids, those are the worst, right? Walking through the Harvard campus, or UPenn or MIT, walking through the Harvard campus, calling for the genocide of trans people, or calling for the genocide of black people. Do you think there would be some strange equivocation with these ladies? Uh, but the point of all of this, to bring it back to where we started, is that when you see this actress, Bella Thorne, and her hollow, it's thin, it's nothing, her sympathy, her fake virtue signaling for others, uh, it's it's a completely consistent with their backwards moral compass, right? So then when people actually come out and they're like, yeah, kill, kill, half the world's Jews, and sure, they're on our campus over here, but 
those people's feelings don't matter. It makes perfect sense when you understand what that hierarchy, that crazy oppression pyramid looks, looks like. So now let's jump over to the view. I'm giving you a warning. Can we warn the people? We got a warning. There's some sort of Yep, there you go. It's a certifiably crazy person, noted racist who gets everything wrong. And as she admitted last week, no one in her family likes her, Sonny Hostin, uh, defending the three college presidents, as they say over there in Israel, believe can I Can I just weigh in here? Because, um, you know, I think this, this, what uh, Elise Stefanik, the congresswoman, mm -hmm. was talking about and what this entire hearing was about should have been about free speech. And free speech, and although many people may feel uncomfortable with it, mm -hmm. the most hateful and heinous speech is the most protected speech. Okay? Campuses have not and been so, good for free speech so, in years. Well, so, but, but they have been. They and cancel what Harvard actually has one of the worst but, records but what on you free have, speech. What you heard was them saying, what is completely accurate under the law, it depends on the context. So if someone does yell at a crowd, racial slurs or calls for genocide in a public place, in a crowd, that is protected speech. One-on-one -on -one confrontation, if a white student, for example, says to a black student a racial slur. Then it's then that is, that is about let me, the codes just, of Can conduct. I just finish yeah, this for a moment, the law, please? Though. But, but, but the codes of conduct must adhere to the law. So it when, it's, when it's when it's when it's protect students. No, it, it, re it really can't go against the Constitution of the United States. So when we're talking about this one-on-one -on -one type of thing, yes, that is when that conduct leads to harassment and could be actionable by the university. And that's exactly what Harvard. But as it said, do you have to commit genocide to be able to condemn genocidal language? Like that's a that's a dangerous no, slippery slope. No. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. I am going to defend, what's her name? What is her name? Alyssa Farah. Yeah, she was right. And she also pointed out, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. The Christmas miracle. Not only was she right there about, do you have to actually commit the genocide to have a problem? As she points out, this was about the school's code of conduct. Sonny Huston, who I'm told is a lawyer, who should have... She should have her head examined, and whatever law school gave her a degree probably should look into how she got that degree in the first place. She's making the argument about the First Amendment. The First Amendment has nothing to do with the school's code of conduct. When you go to a school or you go to a place of work, they hand you a pamphlet or someone in HR department emails you something, and they have certain things that they expect you to abide by. What's our one rule in this uh, operation over here in the Rubin Report studio? No short. I don't want to see anyone's legs while I'm trying to do a program. That's the one rule here. You want to make fun of trans people? You want to call out for the genocide of Jews? In this room, we're going to be pretty uh, liberal with that sort of thing. But I just don't want to see your legs while you're doing it. So this has nothing to do with the First Amendment. So every single thing that Sonny said, there was a lie. Also, this odd distinction between if you harass one, if you say to one black kid, I'd I'd like for the genocide of all black people, and of course she uses the example of the white person saying it, right? Because she doesn't want to do exactly what's going on here and be like generally a bunch of either Arab or black or something or saying some stuff about the Jews or just broken purple haired, you know, white trans weirdos, something like that. So she makes it about the white kid going after one black kid, but it's not about one-on-one. -on -one. You can't say it to three black people. I'm going to kill you or... 
You got it, you got it. But this is the nonsense that passes. By the way, I wanna give credit to the blonde on The View that nobody knows too, right? Nobody knows her name, it doesn't matter. But she says uh, college campuses haven't been good on free speech, which that's really what this is all about. They've flipped their whole narrative on free speech overnight so that they can go after Jews and by extension white people, right? So for years we've all known they've been horrible on free speech. The second now, so she says uh, they haven't been good on free speech and Sonny has the gall to say, yes, they have. Brain damage, truly, truly brain damage. If you know someone, and it's most likely your mother or your aunt who is watching The View, you've got to take them and take them to a forest or a, a distant place, probably in Utah. They have deprogramming camps. You put them out there in a forest and they have to figure shit out for a few months and they will come back and they will not watch The View anymore. But why is The Woke? whether it's Bella, what's her name, or Sonny Hostin, why is their moral compass so inverted? Well, there is a reason for it. They have injected race into everything. So even though most of us, especially if you're of a certain age, you just don't care. I don't care what anyone's skin color is. I judge people on the content of their character. There used to be some guy who said that, that people used to like, but they've injected it into everything culturally. So again, that's why now we have a generation of kids that have everything backwards. You know who also used to inject the race into everything? The Nazis, that was a thing that they did and we were always told they were the bad guys, but soon enough, They'll be the good guys for these backwards weirdos. So now I wanna show you another uh, clip from a, a show that I cannot believe is still on television. I don't even know who the host is at this point, but The Daily Show, uh, which was very popular for a long time. Uh, it's still on apparently. I guess they're rotating in and out uh, guest hosts. Uh, watch how they, they bring on this comedian, Eric Andre, and I guess he's black. He, he looks kind of black. He's black, he's black, all right. I'm told he's black. I don't really care for these. Uh, things. Uh, watch how the host tries to get him to talk about race and how oppressed he is, and he just not into it. I mean, what do you have to be worried about in America as someone uh, that is <laughs> uh, so devilishly handsome? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Like, I don't know who that woman is or, but like what, you bring on a comedian. How about do something funny? No, tell me how oppressed you are. Guy who's most likely a multimillionaire who's on television, gets to say whatever he wants, has a bunch of cash and is a celebrity. Tell me about your oppression. How do you walk down the street like those trans people who can't walk down the street? But they have associated color and your genitals with group identity. And then they have decided how successful you can be in society related to that. So now I wanna show you a trailer. And again, I'm not showing you these things so you're outraged by these people or you try to cancel them or anything else. What I'm trying to show you is that this thing that we are now all fighting that has been exploded everywhere, and this would be a good moment to welcome all my, I would say, new audience members who maybe were more lefty a couple months ago, but have kind of come around on this. And we, we see a whole bunch of new people joining us, which is absolutely great. So I got to lay out the, the roadmap here for how did we get here? Well, we got here through all of our institutions, cultural institutions and entertainment institutions and academic institutions pushing this nonsense that would lead us to this place, as I said before, where, you know, being anti-Jew, a eh, little genocide is cool. And of course you can go after white people and everything else. So now I wanna show you this trailer for a new George Lopez Christmas movie. And uh, as you watch this trailer, try to imagine if they had reversed the races on this one. Enjoy. I have a surprise for you. Mom, dad, this is my boyfriend. Your boyfriend? Oyakum Mavasin or Sanchez. Puppy, 
did not. Family meeting in the Mexican home right now. What are you doing here? I would like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. Hey. Mr. Sanchez. From the director of From Prada to Nada. Dad? No. I wanted a brown Christmas. Not a white Christmas. I wanted a traditional Christmas. He wants a brown Christmas, not a white Christmas. Now look, again, I am not outraged by this. I get it. Except that if you reverse that, now show me the comedy. Show me the Christmas time comedy produced out of Hollywood where a white family brings in the Latino and then they're like, the father's like, I want a white Christmas. And the whole thing is how they're gonna push him out of it. Now I'm sure at the end it's all gonna work out and all, but that's not the point. It would, it, would be, it would be a horror movie if it was reversed, right? But they have made everything about skin color. Nobody cares about this. Everyone in our own families, you have people married to people of different skin colors, sometimes of different religions, different thought, different, all of that stuff. But the system will not let us let, have us let go of ancient hatreds and prejudices because the more it injects it into the system, the more it can control us because we're all walking around in a world that is not connected to our reality because most people actually are pretty decent. Someone who's not decent is Robin D'Angelo. Robin D'Angelo is, I guess you could say, the mother, assuming she's a woman. I think she has a vagina, but who the hell am I to say? Uh, who is like the mother of the sort of white women who hate themselves enough to constantly bow at the altar of racism. She has written White Fragility and a bunch of this other nonsense. And of course, uh, it is constantly being pushed into all of your children's programs. Uh, here is a Robin D'Angelo book, White Fragility, being pushed into a Disney children's show. Oh, you understand love, don't you? No, no, I do not understand anything about white fragility. White fragility? What's that supposed to mean? You know what it means. You're doing it right now. Doing what? Being defensive about race. Robin D'Angelo wrote a whole book about it. Read it. Yet again. Same um cover and everything. My dad wouldn't even look at the diary. He said his people would never own slaves. How could he just dismiss me like that? White fertility. The white guy was being nice. He was being perfectly fine. I think it was at his house and he has this guy over. Like it's evil and it's injected everywhere. What was the guy's name? It was Leibowitz something. So they also tried, wanted to make him be half Jew. Did you see that? It was Leibowitz Cargill or something. It, it's so pervasive and evil what these people are doing. And again, Disney has been at the center of so much of this. We, we showed you this video a couple months ago, but, it, but it's worth noting again, because it's not just the programming. It then gets infected in all of the stars, and then your children put posters up of these people and everything else. So Disney's new Snow White star, her name is Rachel Zegler. Here she is criticizing the original Disney movie as predatory. I mean, you know, the, the original cartoon came out in 1937, yeah. and very evidently so. <laughs> um, there's a big focus on her love story um, with a guy who literally stalks her. <laughs> yeah. Weird. 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 So we didn't do that this time. No, not weird. And even if you think it's weird, stop destroying art. Then Disney people, I get it. She's just the irrelevant actress. She's just a footnote in history and doesn't really know what she's talking about. But then how about 
instead of trying to destroy Snow White, a story that everyone uh, remembers, that everyone watched when they were a kid and nobody thought it was about predatory behavior or, or anything evil, how about you guys create new things, but Disney can't create new things because wokeness is the end of creativity. It's why it destroys comedy. It's why they destroyed Star Wars. It's why they can't do anything with the Marvel movies anymore and everything is just repetitive drivel because they cannot create. Uh, there is a guy who can create and he's doing an awful lot. He's sending us uh, to Mars in rockets. He's creating electric cars. He's buying Twitter so that he can save free speech and a whole bunch more. And of course, I'm talking about Elon Musk. Elon was on, uh, it's called the Monroe Live podcast over the last couple of days. And he was asked about what's going on with Disney and how uh, Walt Disney would feel about the current Disney product. I told everybody I won't go into this and I'm not going to get all... Sure you know, emotional and everything. But to me, I've watched that one clip that people have been putting out to me and putting up against um, forgotten their name, Disney or land or whatever. At the end of the day, I will never take my grandchildren ever to that place ever. Well, and I, I think you have, to, you have to wonder what would Walt Disney think of the company that oh. is his namesake today? I'm telling you what, I mean, he's I think Walt Disney's turning in his grave faster than a drill bit. I, I can't. <laughs> Turning in his grave faster than a drill bit. Yeah, he's got to be, right? Look, there were some things to talk about Walt Disney that weren't so great. Uh, but Walt Disney created something that became, over decades, our, our biggest entertainment institution. The movie making, the TV shows, the parks, capturing all of our dreams. And then something happened. We can all discuss when it exactly happened. Probably somewhere in the 80s, it started changing a little bit, ramped up a bit in the 90s until it burst forth where we're at right now, where Disney is literally putting on things for children that are telling them they are racist by the color of their skin. Um, they have too much power. By the way, there is a guy who fought Disney and won. His name's uh, Ron DeSantis. He's running for president. You might want to look into him because uh, there's an orange man trying to stop him, but I think he's probably a better candidate. But that's not here. Uh, that's neither here nor there right now. Uh, but it's not just that Elon has been on the front line against these woke corporations, uh, but he also is on the front line when it comes to free speech. So now over the weekend, this has got a lot of people's also his panties in a bunch. Again, I don't want to uh, say who might be wearing panties related to their sex. Alex Jones, uh, you guys know Alex Jones from InfoWars, uh, has been suspended by all the big tech things and everything else, but he's still here because usually censoring people doesn't stop them. Well, he is officially back on Twitter. Here is a tweet from Elon. He did it by uh, popular vote. Reinstate Alex Jones on this platform and 70% of basically 2 million people said yes. Now, for just the purposes of today's show, I'm actually not gonna take a position on Alex Jones. I I have no problem with him being back on the platform at all. Uh, but in terms of his politics or things that he's done or Sandy Hook or anything else, let's just forget that for a moment. But if you, the reason I mention this is because if, if you think of all of the things we've talked about today, all of the things happening in the country right now, do you think that Alex Jones is really the problem here or is there some other problem? Well, another guy who is kind of becoming problematic for the system is Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson, as you know, has a new show on X slash Twitter, and he brought Alex Jones on over the weekend to talk about this neo-racism and what is happening in our society. To race-based systems, 
because that is a very effective but system. But why do people put up with that? I mean, like if they were doing that to Malaysians or Filipinos or Hondurans, I would say you can't do that. You're not allowed to attack people on the basis of their race. I'm sorry, not in a country like this because the country will fall apart and it's immoral. I totally agree. But nobody says anything. Well, I don't the, get it. The reason they've done it is most of the enforcers of this are white liberal women, 45 or older. Not Fair. It's just a fact. And they're, they're cucked husbands. And so to them... Can I just say that the phrase cucked husbands is the best? It, it, the I mean, it really is true. So if you get around these white liberals, they live in the whitest areas. They're totally scared of anybody with brown skin, but they virtue signal constantly and then say, yes, the white people are, are bad. You know, the uh, white people are, are evil. Uh, and, you know, these... these. I mean, I mean I've even seen white people sit up there and say, yeah, it's time to deal with, with these crackers. And they're a white person saying that. So from Jackson. Okay. So there's some interesting stuff there. The, the phrase cucked, which some of you don't know, basically, do I have to define this on a daytime show? It's basically like a guy and it's generally like sort of a, a liberal guy who tends to be married to this white liberal woman who lets other guys bang his wife in front of him. Like that's, but, but that, that's like the literal meaning of it. But it's more like, oh, you just have no authority over yourself or your marriage or your family anymore. And what has happened largely is that these, these white liberal women, now I'm not gonna play the identity politics game, but let's say these, these leftist people who largely are women, women have been more bamboozled by this stuff. Uh, they are married to these guys. And the thing is, and this was, I think I came up with this theory about six months ago. This is what I call the blowjob theory. Guys like getting blowjobs every now and again. All guys of all stripes and all walk of life. It's a thing. Everybody in the room nodded right there. Everybody. We've got a special guest and everybody was like, yes, we do. Now, if your wife is a crazy leftist lunatic and you're like, you know, that Donald Trump is not totally a Nazi or I don't know, maybe I don't want to get injected with that stuff, but she's a leftist lunatic and you have to debate that every night at dinner. At some point, you kind of become a cuck because you might want a blowjob. And again, is it fair to say everyone, everybody wants a blowjob, okay? So that is kind of, that's basically what Alex Jones and Tucker Carlson are saying. The, the deeper point that Tucker's talking about there really though, of course, is that this anti-white thing, and which again, it's, it's just connected to the anti-Jew thing now, right? Because Jews are just primo whites, according to this idiotic, uh, this idiotic bleh, movement, whatever you want to call it. The bigger idea is that if this was about anybody else, he's right. If this was about Nicaraguans, if this was about Vietnamese, or anyone, we would all know it's evil. With this thing, we have allowed it into the system. And now we have to start purging it from the system. And again, I said at the beginning of the show, we got some white pill stuff, so we're about to get there. Uh, I wanna show you an interview that James Lindsay, you guys have seen uh, James on this show many, many times. Uh, he and Jordan Peterson sat down and they talked about how this left-wing authoritarianism is actually connected to malignant narcissism. So when you see these women who want trans kids, who wanna bow at the altar and pretend they love black people so much and they are wrong, that it's actually something deeply within them that leads to the worst of the political ideas. Before I got, what would you say, disenfranchised from the university, yeah. my lab did a study on left-wing authoritarianism. The first thing we did was to see if there was a clump of ideas that were statistically related that you could describe as both left-wing and authoritarian, and, and there is, and it's identifiable. It's exactly the clump of beliefs you would 
have been studying and would suspect. Yeah. We looked at what predicted that, predicted allegiance with that set of beliefs. Low verbal intelligence, negative 0.4 with IQ, verbal IQ. So you think, well, how can people be, you know, unwise enough to to believe these ideas? And one of the answers is, well, they're not that bright, as it turns out, being female, having a feminine temperament, right? Those mm -hmm. were the three big predictors. Other predictors have emerged looking at the similar construct, left-wing authoritarianism. The best predictor I've seen is malignant narcissism. Yeah. Correlation is 0 0.6, That's 0.6, right? Which is about as good as the measurement accuracy of the questionnaires, yeah. right? So it, 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 it actually opens up the question. The question is, there may be no difference between left-wing authoritarianism and malignant narcissism. And what that means is the serpents are using the language of compassion to mask their power striving. That's while right. simultaneously claiming, well, of course we can do this because every single social relationship in the world is predicated on nothing but power. And if you don't accept that, that just means that you're a malignant liar. That's right, right? exactly. That's Great. the whole structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's the whole structure. So the three indicators that would lead to this malignant narcissism that then lead you to this seriously sick uh, set of political views, as Jordan laid out, female, Okay, female and men are female and male. Men and women are just wired differently, right? Like this is that's not racist. <laughs> that's not that's not sexist or anything else. It's true. Men generally, generally, there of course there's always outliers. Men are more into things, and girls are more into people. That's uh, women are more into people. That's how it works, right? That's that's just how it works. So the the three factors. He said female. He said not that bright, right? And they've done this. They've done IQ checks. Now try to picture the purple-haired lunatics that are out on the streets. These girls with purple hair, do they seem particularly bright? Are they taking particularly good care of themselves and everything else? And then female temperament. So that's the other one. Now that one's the most interesting one because he didn't, because he already said female, but female temperament. And this leads you to the to the cucked male, the male who puts sort of thoughtfulness above everything else. And when thoughtfulness is above everything else, when tolerance is above everything else, which has a little more to do with the female temperament, you will welcome all of the lunatics into your house to rape and pillage, right? As uh, Douglas Mario always says, the barbarians will be at the gate and we will be debating what gender pronouns to call them. So malignant narcissism leads one, to left-wing authoritarianism. And these things are interchangeable. So now go back to where we started today, Bella Thorne. There's a malignant narcissist there. But speaking of malignant narcissists, it's not just chicks, I wanna be fair. Remember Anthony Fauci, a man who should absolutely be in jail, but instead is making 400 grand a year for the rest of his life on, your, uh, on the government payroll? Uh, well, he did another interview. I mean, the guy should be hiding in a cave and never be seen again. He should be so embarrassed by what he has done or, and or in jail. Maybe they could turn the cave into a jail, whatever. Uh, here he is being interviewed, talking about his faith as a Catholic, but don't worry guys, and remember, malignant narcissism is the theme here. He has figured out a personal ethic so that he doesn't have to believe in anything else other than his personal ethic. There's the Aldrin Chapel where Chris and I were That's where you were married, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Do you still go there? Do you no. Still, you don't practice no, anymore, do you? I don't, no. Why? Ah, a number of complicated reasons. Go on, we have a whole corridor. <laughs> I, first of all, I, I think my own personal ethics on life are, I think, enough to keep me going on the right path. And I think that the, there are enough negative aspects about the organizational church 
mm -hmm. uh, that you are very well aware of. I, I'm not against it. I identify myself as a Catholic. I was raised, I was baptized, I was confirmed, I was married in the church. My children were baptized in the church. But as far as practicing it, it seems almost like a pro forma thing that I don't really need to do. Guys, Anthony Fauci, who locked you in your house, who forced you to be injected with an experimental medication, who funded the very research at the Wuhan lab that let this thing out, who kept kids out of schools, basically destroyed the known world for three plus years and the ramifications of that likely for decades to come. We just have no idea. Um, he has a personal ethic that uh, works for him and he doesn't need the church. Now, I'm not telling anyone that they need the church. I'm not telling anyone they need uh, the temple or anything else. But do you think there might be a connection between someone who could be so malignantly, malignantly narcissistic as Anthony Fauci that would then lead him to be the tyrannical maniac that he, he became? And perhaps, maybe, I don't know, maybe the guardrails that religion and belief provide um, actually stop someone from going off the deep end and doing the horrible things that he's done, I think it's possible. Uh, and all of that, of course, leads us to you because it is up to you to figure out how to live and how to make sure that these people will not have autonomy over you. You will have to make choices for yourself because they are not going to stop, whether it is COVID or the alien invasion or the threat of nuclear war or whatever they're planning. Uh, so now I wanna jump to an interview over the weekend with tennis champion, Novik Djokovic, who is now the most acclaimed tennis player of all time. You may remember he couldn't get to a couple grand slams during COVID because he would not get vaxxed. And uh, I think he's turned out to be quite right about all of that. And uh, listen to him about freedom. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were not against vaccination. You just did not want it for yourself. Exactly. People tried to, you know, declare me as an anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. No, I'm pro-vax, pro I'm, I'm, I'm pro-freedom to choose. Yeah. yeah, this is a guy who now has more tennis awards, major Grand Slam wins than anybody. He skipped the US uh, Open. The, uh, he was not allowed in the United States because he didn't get the back. So he could have even more accolades than he has. But he, he's a tennis player, right? Like, I don't think this is someone that 15 years ago would have been like, I'm, I will be on the forefront of fighting for freedom and medical autonomy, right? He was like, I like to play tennis. But we find people out of all walks of life that then become sort of avatars for the way we should all be living. So there is an alternative to the malignant narcissist of Anthony Fauci. It's someone who's pro-liberty, pro-morality, pro-responsibility, doesn't want to own you, doesn't want to endlessly grow the state so you just become a cog in a machine that does not care about you. And that brings us to what's going on in Argentina, because you know a couple of weeks ago, Argentina got a new president, Javier Malay, and he was inaugurated over the weekend. And this is going to be in Spanish with some subtitles, so I'll uh, translate it afterwards, but it's rather beautiful. Long live freedom, damn it. Long live freedom, damn it. Long live freedom, damn it. Yeah, freedom is good. Freedom is the answer. And what's happening in Argentina right now, and man, I, I don't know what layer uh, the system is gonna use to try to take him out or, to, or make it so that Argentina won't work, but he is out there 
doing the right things for his people in a country that the government had grown and they had destroyed the value of everyone there who is trying to work and make something for themselves because the government because government growth equals personal responsibility destruction so the vision is the malay vision it's a winning vision and we have to instill this in our institutions because if we do that then we can crush the ever-growing government. And you may, I think we've shown this one twice, but it's worth it, it's just beautiful. This was Javier Malay's first plan of action, which he is now putting into place. He has already cut, uh, he had, there were 21 government departments. He's already cut them down to nine, but this was him laying out exactly what he was gonna do. Ministerio de Turismo y Deporte, afuera. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, Afuera, Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, afuera, Ministerio de Obras Públicas, afuera, aunque te resistas, Ministerio de Ciencia y Tecnología e Innovación, afuera, Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social, afuera, Ministerio de Educación, Adoctrinamiento, afuera, Ministerio de Transporte, afuera, Ministerio de Salud, afuera, Ministerio de Desarrollo Social, afuera. Se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! A lot of Spanish there for those listening on the audio podcast, but the end was the thievery of politics is over, and he's just ripping off the titles of these departments, and he's saying, no more, we will not fund them anymore, we will not take money from our citizens for these ridiculous things like gender in sports programs, et cetera, et cetera. So if you see Malay and you see Argentina as, as a little beacon of hope right now, well now, because I told you we were white-pilling you, guess what? That, that vile creature from University of Penn who smiled through that entire hearing, uh, she is no longer the president of Penn. Uh, here's an email that was sent out from University of Pennsylvania. A message to the Penn community. Dear members of the Penn community, I write to share that President McGill has voluntarily tendered her resignation as president of the University of Pennsylvania, she will remain a tenured faculty member at Penn Carey Law. On behalf of the entire Penn community, I wanna thank President McGill for her service to the university as president and wish her well. So she is out and there's a little postscript to all of this, which is breaking, I think just in the last couple hours. Uh, but you guys know Chris, Chris Rufo, who I've had on the show many times, who has been one of the, the real thought leaders in how do we take out wokeism? How do we get it out of our institutions? He has now found old documents from President Gay, which I can't believe her name is President Gay, but President Gay over at Harvard. And it sounds like uh, she was stealing a lot of stuff for her, her foundational documents that made her president in the first place. So we will find out if Gay is going to survive. So the point of all of this, guys, is we are capable of winning this if we have energy, if we, if we have truth on our side. Argentina can do it and America can do it. And all you have to do is speak up and call these frauds out. That is our show for this Monday. It was, it was a lot of drinking on Saturday, and then and then I'm hydrated from yesterday. I, I lost it there. I lost it there. Uh, guys, I want to show you my meme Monday over at rubenreport.locals.com. In 1950, they said, we'll have flying cars in the future. 2000, we were still waiting on flying cars. 2023, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Are they racist? Find out after the commercial break. Uh, 
Post-game show coming up in a few minutes. RubenReport.locals.com. People of the internet live at one o'clock. Oh, and my full interview with Brett Weinstein is up across platforms right now. It's a really interesting dive into a lot of the things that we discussed today. And I leave you, this might be our most disturbing cold closing of all time. We're going back to the view for this one. And, and we couldn't figure out a way to really get this one into the theme of today's show. It involves Joy Behar and an orgasm. So if you want to mute this thing now, we'll see you on the other side. Adios. He's happy with you and you're having a good time. Why are you bitching? But also, Whoopi, it's really not the quantity, it's the quality of the four. But she doesn't know what but the quality if one is. Of, if, if just one out of the four could locate my G spot, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. I Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.